Hello friends, I'm your host Chris Thrill, I'm a former Royal Marines Commando, I've adventured for better and sometimes worse across 80 countries on all seven continents. Welcome to the Bought the T-Shirt Podcast. Hello friends, so welcome to part three of what's it like to be a Royal Marine. If you have any uh, questions you want to ask me or topics you want covered, just, just put put a comment below and I'll, and I'll do that in the next video. So thank you to everyone who's subscribed to the channel. That just really helps me to keep doing what I do. And also to those people who've joined my Patreon by paying just two pounds a month it's not even half a cup of coffee, right? Or it's a cup of coffee. Uh, you get the chance to meet me at my annual talk and after dinner party, you know, after party. Um, you get my books in electronic form for free. You get a monthly update on what's going on in my life, my writing career, my public speaking, my life coaching. And... You get a life hack or a lifestyle tip, right? So thank you. Two pounds a month, those those who've subs subscribed. Now, want to give my uh, brother a shout out, Mark Time, because if you're interested to learn more about what it's like in the Marines, he's written an excellent series of books. The first one, it's called Going Commando. And in this, Mark talks about what it's like to go through training as a 16-year-old, right? And Mark doesn't pull any punches. He's like me. He just believes in telling the truth. If we all tell the truth, there's no funny business then, right? And you can make your own mind up about the world. Um, the second book, I've got a copy I'm looking at down there. It's called Going All The Way. This is uh, kind of the Marines are equivalent of a raunchy blooming Catherine Cookson novel or something right it's just that in that one Mark tells like a little bit more what it's really like in the Marines um gonna talk a bit about about that now right so guard duty ah quickly talk about that it's kind of inescapable um Guard duty. As a Marine, as a Lance Corporal, or Lance Jack as we call him, as a full Corporal, and as a Sergeant, or Colour Sergeant, I, I'm not sure if it's guard duty goes as someone, someone can remind me, but you know, you can't escape doing uh, guard duty. And Guard duty is just protecting your camp. Depending on what the perceived threat is from around the world, um, or what the uh, you know the bods in Whitehall have uh, decided what the threat's gonna gonna be, if you if you get what I'm saying, um, will be de depending on what, what what whether you carry weapons on guard, whether that weapon's loaded. 
whether you have a magazine but it's just in your ammunition pouch right as i said before you do your guard duty usually with a civilian um now they're getting the army to do guard in the marines bases i'm guessing that's because it's cheaper that the guy in the army is getting paid less right you know do you need an elite commando to do the job that someone who's just a not just a, but you know what I'm saying, who's a, who's just, just, I said it again, uh, but who's an army guy, right, or girl, uh, pretty boring, in your commander unit, you catch up guard duty about, don't quote me here, but maybe, you know, once every three weeks, something like that, no one wants to do it, very often you'll pay someone to do it for you, and these duties can sell, for an extortionate, extortionate fee, it's not unheard of to, to, to pay someone two hundred quid, and that's because you want to get home. You've got something you've got to get home for at the weekend, and you don't want to be doing guard duty on a Sunday, right? Or it might just be that you want a night out with your mates, and you don't want to be on guard duty on a Saturday, and someone will do it, and you're like, all right, a ton, hundred, yeah, good. That guy you skint. He gets some money. You get get to go out, of course. Uh, so yeah, that's that. That's guard duty. Quite boring. I mean, who's really going to attack a military barracks when you bear in mind you've got to escape again? I mean, there's a possibility there, right? I mean, it, it could happen, but nothing has, to my knowledge happened for many years obviously there was the lee rigby uh incident but that wasn't you know he he left the barracks at that point back in my day it was the bandsmen the royal marines bandsmen 11 of them were blown up with a an alleged ira bomb uh, i say alleged because you know you you don't know who plants these bombs. You honestly don't. It it can be, uh, you know, dark darker elements. Can we say? Can be in can be m members of the intelligence service trying to get create a certain reaction so then they can provide the government can be seen to provide a certain s solution. Um, I'm not suggesting there that the the bomb it, it was a deal was that i'm i'm just putting that out there right because remember this is about the truth it's not about my ego and what what i think that the marine should be or shouldn't be or what you know i don't want to live in some glorious memory that that just isn't true not when there's people getting sent to get their legs blown off you know it's just not it's not fair it's not fair on them it's not fair on their families right so cuisine, let's move on to something a bit nicer. Royal Marine chefs are really good. I get the idea a lot of them didn't really want to be uh, pinged for that job. Ping means told you're going to do it. I guess some of them have, you know, some of them have volunteered. But irregardless, they take it really seriously. And you can't really fault the food. Even there was one time, I mean, I try to eat plant-based as much as possible, right? I like vegetables, you know. If you want to think good and you want to be able to go and run a thousand miles non-stop, you can't be 
shoving that meat shit in your face all the time, right? Um, and so there was one time the chef, you call him chef, you call him chef and say thank you, you're never going to go far wrong in the Marines. It's when you sort of say, what's that? Oh, can I have some? Then you're going to get in trouble. You say, hello, chef. Thank you, chef. Anyway, chef saw me uh, picking out the vegetables. He said, you vegetarian, mate, are you? I said, well, you know, not, not strictly, but I like to eat mainly veg. That was it. He offered to cook for me completely special meals, which is um, that's a true professional, right? You know, he didn't, he, he, he wasn't like uh, dismissive or didn't try and humiliate me. Just was like, oh, mate, no, I'll do you special meals, you know. Um, yeah, really, really good food. It just is every day. Every morning, you know, there's going to be a choice of a full English breakfast. I don't know if they do a vegetarian option now. I'm not not up to speed, but you get that. And then, of course, you get all your cereals. And, okay, in hindsight, knowing what I know now, it's maybe not the most healthy, you know, offering. But back then, when you're young, you don't think much about those things. It's just, gr it's just great, you know. Um and of course, in your evening, you're getting your chicken Kiev or your lasagna or your, you know, all, all your staples. And then a nice bit of experimental food, come, you know, something a bit more exotic come, coming, in, coming in on top, right? On ship, I was in the Marines detachment on ship for, for a year, remember? Um, that's great again. You get the omelette chef, just one guy designated to cook you omelettes you get the omelette queue with the people who want an omelette and it's like what do you like mate uh chef could i have um ham cheese with some onion and they'll cook you the most delicious omelette all done up properly under the grill with so much cheese chucked in it you could you know you could feed lots of mice so, yeah, really good food in the military. And if you're in the RAF, where their budget is unlimited, apparently it, well, I mean, I, I, when I did my parachute course, right, I lived on an RAF camp. And, yeah, that food is just a bit more special again. You're talking like five-star cuisine almost. Um, when you go on exercise or you're going out for the day or this, you get something called a bag rat, a bag ration. And that's where kind of the military lets itself down because it's just a, a, a ready-made pasty like you'd buy in a petrol station, right? Ginsters is the company in Cornwall. So everyone in the, in the Marines just calls them Ginsters. They don't call them pasties. Can I have your Ginsters? Uh, Ginsters, an apple, packet of crisps, chocolate bar, you know? Yeah. And then they'll take these big, um, these big containers full of tea and coffee, right? So yeah, uh, right. Drinking culture. I've got here the last three things I'm going to talk about: drinking culture, hazing, and trapping. So let's go with the drink, the drinking culture first. I was never really that bothered about drinking before I joined up. I could go to the pub at lunchtime, have a pint, 
play pool with my mates. That was it. Didn't think about having a second pint or in the military, it's different. You get in this culture where that alcohol kind of lubricates you to fit in and be stupid with the lads and get involved in all these kind of juvenile pranks and silliness. Some of it often against, you know, against the law, the law of the country that is, let alone the law of the military. Um, and it's massive. It always has been a part of the British forces, right? It's it's very sad when you come out the other end or you see the result that comes out the other end because very often you get these big, tough guys that you really respected in the military and you, you still respect them, right? But, you know, you kind of wouldn't say boo to them because they were full of, um, you know, testosterone and orders and, right, fellas, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, then we're going to smash this and do that. And you're like, yeah, okay, okay, corporal, blah, blah, blah. You know, you get the RSM that you kind of look up to, the regimental sergeant major, the highest um, non-commissioned position in, in in the Marines, right? Then you see them as older men and they got the drinking problem, you know? And they got all the denial because they don't really understand like what addiction is. And of course, they've been told all their life that drinking, that, that's, that can't cause it, you know? Drinking is good. Drinking makes you tough. It makes you one of the boys, this kind of thing, right? Um, so, yeah, I'm just giving you both sides of the, the story there. It's There should be a massive um, focus on the reality of drinking in the forces, but probably me and everyone else would have ignored it. It's just how it is, right? Um, something I talked about on Sean Atwood's podcast as well is you get this divide in the military. You got the people that don't take drugs because they've never heard of them, right? They make this wrongful assumption that because they've never taken that no one else does either. And then when the old person gets caught, because you've got to remember, the military is just a cross-section of society. So in society at the moment, what, what would we say? Out of 100... 25-year-old lads, women, probably 60% of taking cocaine on a night out, right, you know, to go dancing or whatever. Well, the military is that same cross-section. So it's 60% of the people in the military will have done cocaine, right, or whatever the statistic is. But you get this, the problem comes in, again, when it comes out the other end. Because you get a situation where you've got a veteran, he's suffering, he's suffering the PTSD, he's homeless, his family, you know, he's estranged from his wife and children. He's got a drug problem because, you know, drugs exist in our society and we don't deal with that very well. We don't deal with it in a pragmatic and constructive way. We've got all kind of outdated superstition and nonsense surrounding it and all these very prejudiced views and so you've got your poor veteran there who's struggling and he's considering taking his own life and you've got all the veterans community going come and talk to us come and have a well it's like they can't go and talk to you because you're probably one of those prejudiced bigoted dickheads 
that went, oh, no one takes drugs in the military. I don't. So you fucking shouldn't. And it's, of course, of course, young lads do, you know. Um, so, again, I'm saying this not to kind of cause controversy, but just for the sake of the veterans, you know, you've got to, for the, 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 somehow the military's got to deal with this in a better way and people have got to get these bugs out their asses that their way is the only way, you know. It's like young lads, what, what are they essentially doing? They're snorting a bit of plant extract and going dancing for 12 hours. You know, they're not going puking on people and shoving glasses in people's faces and, you know, being abusive, right? It, it, so, yeah, so... Uh, hazing so your drinking culture your boys together your lads doing stuff they probably wouldn't do when they're sober right but they've had a few and it, it makes it easier to be yourself and relate right the hazing is actually I think that's an American term does it not come from the American universities it's you're your breaking people into the new club to see if they've got what it takes and whether they're going to toe the line now, as Mark very well says in one of his books, there's a controversy. I think it was on the front page of the Daily Mail or the Telegraph, whatever it was. And some video had come out of one of these hazing ceremonies. Like I say, I never heard it called that. Not only did I never hear it called that while I was in the Marines, but we never had that ceremony what we did have was just mad boys nights out where you kind of came to the front to show that you were one of the guys in your own way. You know, different people do different. Some go puke in a cup and then just go and then just just drink it. It gets worse. Believe me, if you think the puke is bad. It, You know, I say no more. Right. But, um, you know, we had very boysy nights. Now, two things I'll say. On those boys' nights, you always get someone, the bully, that's going to take it too far. And they're out to fucking, just like the bullies at school, they're out to take out their shit on someone else. And that can get quite nasty. Um, you know, it can get nasty. And if it's you, you've got to, like I said before, you've got to stick up for yourself. Or it will become a pattern, right? Um, they got one lad on a night out. Quite funny, really. They did this. We're in Norway. And they got this kit bag. And they asked for a volunteer. And they called him the great... Not like the great Houdini, but, you know, the great Hydini. This guy's going to hide in his kit bag. And he's going to escape. So they got this poor lad... They tied him in a kit bag and they tied the string around and all that's sticking out is his legs and he had his desert boots on. And then they just chucked him on the stage and went, right, the great Hydini is going to escape. Go! And of course, he's not going anywhere. So his feet are just, <laughs> his feet are going like this, right? And that they, they, they just left him there for an hour and then an hour later, right, the great Hydini, go! And his feet are just going like this, right? And they left him there all night. And it's kind of like, as funny as it was, you don't want to be that guy either, right? On top of that, you have called sods operas, 
you play them when you're on ship you you or create them when you when you're on ex an exercise like a like the military exercise in Norway you're stuck in some cabin for three months you've got to keep yourself entertained at weekends right when you you're not out training the sods operas were freaking hilarious it's basically free reign to create a sketch whatever you want you take the piss out your buddies you take the piss out a certain person but it's all done with a really nice kind of humor to it so you see one of your mates getting taken off and it you see his characteristics in 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 this guy that's that's taken a mickey out of him right really funny on top of that there's a load of tried and tested um like puppetry that's gone on it must have gone on for a hundred years now right like they'll get one guy sat there with his arms behind his back the other guy he's got his i can't do it can i but you know he's got his arms coming through like that and he's he's pretending he's and he'll shave and of course it's his mate doing it and they've they've timed it so well it's really funny um yeah and of course it's not necessarily what you'd call these days politically correct right it's not not always nasty either but anyway getting back uh to the hazing thing right as mark time very much pointed out it's like You've got to remember, folks, these are young men going to war, right? they got to go and drop all kind of hideous explosives on villages. If that's what they're told to do, not going to say they're going to do that on purpose. But look at Vietnam. Look what happened in Vietnam. You know, they just leveled the, the whole country, right? Men, women and children just gone in smoke and not not one single fuck given, you know? horrible horrible stuff so it it's a bit like the thing i said about the you know snorting a line upon extra and going dancing it's like who do you think these guys are the daily mail and the telegraph you know saying how horrendous these hazing so who what what job do you think they do they're not choir boys they're elitist paid killers that's their job and they're very good at it and they're not going to question it and you tell them they're not allowed to have a drink and get their knobs out with their mate and make twats of themselves? Really? You know? You're going to put women's clothes on and, and let their hair down? If, of course they're going to do that, right? And like I said before, it's just when it, it goes over the line and it has gone over the line and that's got into the press where you've got the senior ranks who, who are bullies in themselves who's, who are really victimizing um one of their young charges you know and it has been like people have been raped not not like for sexual pleasure just like as as a huh, this will be funny stick you not you know it's it's happened load of guys got arrested when i was in in uh norway because an army guy had gone to his commander and complained that the marines had bummed him Oops, I shouldn't laugh. I'm not, I'm not, well, you know, you probably know what I mean, right? So, yeah, it's when it gets taken too far and it becomes personal and it's bullying. That's, that's what I think a lot of Marines would have the issue with, right? Finally, I'm going to leave you with trapping. Big part of 
it's Royal Marines parlance, obviously trapping. It sounds a bit, uh, it sounds a bit wrong, really. It's getting women, getting off with women. You don't go out and, you know, like get them in a cage or a lasso or something, but it's called trapping. And you've got people like me, who's a stacks rating, obviously. Look at this face, yeah? I mean, anywhere I went downtown, the girls would just flock to me. Used to get two of the guys, sometimes four, sometimes eight, just to stand in front to, to keep these women away. Um, it was, you know, I got quite frightened at times. They'd like throwing their pants at you and like chucking their phone numbers, you know, can I touch him? Can I touch him? And my marine buddies would just keep this like it was like a tsunami of women that wanted wanted me, right? So I was a stacks rating. Then of course you get plums rating. Now, if you can imagine the size your testicles grow to when you never have sex, now you understand why they're called plums rating, right? And these poor guys, it was just always the same. It would be the same guys would go out with you and they would just prop up the bar all night. They just never could get, a, it just never happened. In fact, some of them used to really look forward to going to places abroad. Um, can we say the more sleazier parts, the more sleazier ports of call? I'm thinking like the, the Reaper Barn in uh, Hamburg. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to stop there, but you, you get the point I'm making, right? And these guys, they just never could get a girl. It's almost like they just gave up because they just didn't think they could. Um, and yeah, some of them weren't necessarily like um, Brad Pitt in their looks. Do you know what I'm saying? So yeah, that, that's that's trapping. But when you went out as a young Marine, it it was in this order. First, you went out to trap. That was more important than the drinking, believe me. Secondly, you went out to get drunk, right? And then thirdly, you went out for for your mates. It's it's some order like like it's some order like that. And um, but believe me, the trapping came first. It's you went out. You're ironing your clothes to go out. You're putting your smellies on. You've had your shower. You're you're you know you're on point. Um, and sometimes that went. It was quite funny in my commando unit. There's all this security and, you know, barbed wire and people walking around with machine guns. And there used to be a a style at the back of the camp where if the girl was, you know, if she was willing enough, she'd come back with a guy and he'd get her over the style and they'd disappear off to his room. Sometimes if she was really willing... They'd in, he'd invite all his mates o over. You get what I'm saying, right? Um, so, yeah. And I'm going to say those girls didn't really get a lot of respect from, from us. Not that, you know, in hindsight, we deserved any respect either, but that was it. So, yeah. All right. If you could like and subscribe, oh, just subscribe would be great. Um any questions, put them in a box. If it's not something I've said that you don't understand, like 
just ask me and I, I'm more than happy to explain it. Remember what I said is about the truth. Life is about love and the truth. And if you stick with that, you're never going to go far wrong. Friends, thank you for listening to the Bought the T-Shirt podcast. Please like, subscribe and share. And don't forget to follow me on social media. Username, Chris Thrall. Instagram, Chris.Thrall. Thank you.